lately Las Vegas has been getting a lot of praise about how good we are at saving water, but according to a recent ProPublica investigation, not everything is exactly as sunny as advertised. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're going to chat with one of the article's authors, environmental reporter Mark Alalde. He explains how the Southern Nevada Water Authority vastly overestimated the amount of water their turf removal program would save. So how did we mess this up? Should we keep removing turf? And what more can we do to save our precious Colorado River water? It's Monday, June 26. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Mark Alalde, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Mark, I read your recent ProPublica story uh, that pointed out that the projected water savings from non-functional turf removal that's been underway here in Southern Nevada for some time was grossly overstated. So big question, how did the Southern Nevada Water Authority get it so wrong? So they were very optimistic, which I guess in some ways is what you want. Um, But unfortunately, what we found was their initial projection was 3,900 acres of non-functional turf to be removed around the Las Vegas Valley. In reality, probably closer to 1,100 to 1,700. So Mm. a third to a half or less of what they they expected. Uh, Part of it was they made a mistake and they double counted a lot of their grass at multifamily residences, so condos, apartments, duplexes, that sort of thing. Uh, Once you pull all that extra error out, you get a much smaller number. Um, And then some of that as well, we found, is starting to come from HOAs requesting exemptions. So HOAs wanting to not be part of this ban that applies to everybody in the Valley. So once you add in all these various components, uh, you start to get a lot smaller number than uh, we'd like to see. Now, unbridled optimism is part of Las Vegas culture. I mean, we count on it when people come with their quarters and dollars for slot machines. Why didn't anyone catch that error until now? I'm not sure anyone was specifically looking. It was a very nerdy task we undertook uh, using aerial imaging and, you know, mapping work and that sort of things. But, you know, we thought it was key because the limiting factor in Las Vegas has been and and shall forever be water in many ways. And so uh, this is the main way that the Southern Nevada Water Authority expects to continue protecting the water sources, the water availability for the valley. And so if this isn't right, we could have problems. Yeah. And and we have heard these kind of numbers being used by SNWA in a lot of different contexts. I'm I'm wondering, though, uh, and God bless the nerds and thank you, ProPublica, for pointing stuff out. But does that mean we just don't have adequate safeguards in place within Las Vegas? I mean, the legislature or, I don't know, uh, review boards or even local journalism. No one seemed to have this on their radar and now you do. So what do you think is going on in Las Vegas? Uh, In January, the SNWA did start to acknowledge uh, that their numbers were wrong, as we had been in the midst of reporting this and and working with them on their data. You know, part of it is when SNWA pitched this 
idea to the legislature in 2021. Uh, they didn't have perfect data. And so, you know, we're not accusing them of, of doing something nefarious. We're saying that they made a mistake and took a while to own up to it. it took us, you know, in the review journal kind of knocking on their door and asking yeah. why they why their numbers were so wrong. But it, it, it's difficult in the world of, of water accounting in the Colorado, Colorado River Basin. How you count water you use, how you say you use water, uh, kind of can be made up at times. And mm. uh, Las Vegas Valley already uses way more water than it's allocated under uh, the Colorado River Compact and has some tricky accounting to make sure that it's okay to use that much water. So the whole world of water accounting is very wonky and difficult. And I'm just kind of glad that we were able to, um, you know, to help set the record straight on this really re- important topic. So we've been told by many people that Las Vegas isn't using more than their allocation, but are really good at using what we do have. So what do you mean that Las Vegas is using more water than we're allocated? So Southern Nevada in general, uh, which includes some uh, some Native American reservations and they're highly kind of protected, protected water resources, right. is able to use 300,000 acre feet of the Colorado River. Uh, for context, there's about 12.4 million acre feet in a given year flowing down the river. But Las Vegas is unique in that it gets what's called return flow credits. So they pull about 400,000 acre feet from the river every year. Uh, a substantial amount more than they can actually consumptively use. They can actually use and not return to the system. Uh, But Las Vegas has a deal where they can recycle wastewater, send it back down um, through the Las Vegas wash, back into Lake Mead and get that credited. Uh, And so you can kind of get those numbers back and in so doing, use as much as you need as long as you can kind of balance your math in Lake Mead. I, I see. Okay. So that, so that is consistent with what we've been told because Las Vegas is pretty good at a lot of things when it comes to water, but still the issue looms. And I want to, I want to give our listeners a little bit of background um, because you mentioned creative water accounting, but also how aerial imagery is used. So let's, let's dig into that. Uh, SNWA used aerial imagery to calculate how much non-functional turf we have. Can you explain how that works and, and maybe where they went wrong? This all goes back to uh, a law, AB 356, passed in 2021. That was this really aggressive, first, first of its kind law to say, let's get rid of anything that's non-functional, which kind of was sold by SNWA and legislators as, if the only people walking on it are walking on it to mow the lawn, you don't need that grass. It's not serving a real purpose. It's just draining water. And so they they use this aerial imaging to catalog all of the grass in the valley, thousands of acres of grass in the valley, and say, okay, which of this grass, which of these lawns and median strips and parks or whatever else would be defined as non-functional? Mark, let me stop you. I just want to get a, a sort of a greater sense of how they're doing this. Are they simply looking at satellites or drones or something to uh, see how many patches of green literally there are within the county map? So they actually commissioned their own flyovers and they did some of the best analyses of kind of vegetation. Uh, There are ways to do this via satellites. And my team looked uh, to a small extent at other jurisdictions via satellite imaging. But to SNWA's credit, they've actually done better aerial imaging work on their own uh, jurisdiction than than other cities in the West have. Oh, good. All right. Go Las Vegas. However, <laughs> there's obviously some problems. So uh, as they were assessing all that 
through aerial imagery. What did ProPublica do that pointed out that there were those flaws? So we took their own definition of what is non-functional. So we put all of SNWA's own uh, definitions and the legislature's own definitions on their imaging and really just plugged and played and, and, and saw what happened. And there's something else about um, grass underneath tree canopies. And we know that tree canopies are really important uh, for the the heat impact uh, in, in lots of parts of the valley. So what was, what was that counting error? It, so we really tried to give uh, SNWA every benefit we could to say, if our math is wrong, if you disagree with us, point out, here's the ways that we know there's some uncertainty in our methodology and we know yours is, is was, was not perfect. So mm-hmm. feel free to point out issues in ours. And so ours couldn't look at how, exactly how much grass was under trees, right? It's, it's imaging looking down. And so you don't know exactly what's under the leaves. So SNWA did say that, yes, there's probably some more grass there. Uh, and so, you know, we, we need to be a little bit conservative and say some of that could be torn out. But that's not a huge amount of grass that would be added to our account. Got it. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And one of the themes of the article that you you co-wrote is that a number of exemptions, and I'm sorry, I can't resist a pun, um, a number of exemptions watered down the impact of the aspirations of this Southern Nevada Water Authority program. Uh, could you give us some example of how, like, say, HOAs got exemptions from removing non-functional turf and how that operates? So when this passed, this was this was almost unheralded in how much support it got. Environmentalists were on board, um, cities were on board, developers were on board. Really, some of the only opposition in 2021 came from HOAs, uh, you know, we, we kind of, we fear change if any of the Wayne's World fans out there is kind of, can be a mantra for some of these HOAs. And in, in, in one part, they didn't want to give too many special assessments, these excess fees on their residents to pay for turf removal. Right. And in one part, some of them just really wanted to still be the oasis in the desert. That's the tagline of some of them. So, Oh, the oasis in the desert. Mm-hmm. Where, <laughs> when, when will we learn Mark, when will we learn? We're a desert. We're supposed to be brown and yucky, not green, right? But the HOAs, they they stick with it. I, I think some of it is learning now that you can be brown and, and beautiful, right? Oh, there's, I love there's, that. You don't need to be covered in grass to be a beautiful city. I live in Phoenix, and you know some of my neighborhood is cacti and succulents and dirt and rocks, and that's what it's supposed to be. I, I think we're seeing the opposition from the HOAs already kind of start to melt as they as they realize that they're not winning this fight. HOAs seem to be successful though. They they did get those exemptions. Your story talks about some of the exemptions. Give me give me some examples that I, I think some people got upset with HOAs about uh, on on qualifying to not have to take turf out. Exactly. So the way that SNWA saw it is they wanted to create this waiver process where you could apply to exempt your grass from, from the, the ban 
if it just didn't fit perfectly within their rules and it was really necessary to keep for some other reason they hadn't thought of. Cool. That sounds fair if that's the case. Yeah. So we submitted public records requests to SNWA and got through March all of the, the waiver applications and approvals that they had given and found that, of course, most of them came from HOAs as opposed to schools or business parks or something else like that. And some of them were a little bit interesting, we'll say, a giant patch of grass that's used three times a year. And they said, well, this is important because we threw a party here a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then across the street, you know, I, I went and visited some of these patches of grass with, with Nat Lash, my partner on this. And, you know, we saw some of these were right across the street from the grass that was so important. You have to keep it. There was a giant public park that was covered in grass and available for anyone to use. So some of them were approved. Some of these exemptions were approved by SNWA, clearly useful grass. Some of them were that's there. So it's almost like they're testing the waters. And I I did see one example uh, that you mentioned in the story as well, that there was sort of this unused area of grass in an HOA and they just put a bench on it to make it, quote unquote, used area. And that met the exemption approval standards. So they got it. We we are trying to we are trying to to create to coin a phrase called benching, which benching, benching. is the act of saving grass by putting a bench on it. Wow. Okay. That's all it takes. Just one bench. And this is going to be just a boon for bench manufacturers. So uh, you know I'm sure some economist or analyst somewhere will point that out. I think the other one was golf courses and I would imagine that's pretty obvious to a lot of people, but how did the golf courses get that exemption and how much uh, how much turf are we talking about with golf courses across Southern Nevada? So several thousand acres uh, of turf are in golf courses, uh, thousands of acres in single family homes, which those were the two big uh, kind of pieces missing from the non-functional. You know, b- by their general definition of non-functional, golf courses are functional, right? They serve mm. an economic use. They they are used every day. They do bring a lot of money into the valley. I, I think in in their defense, and not to be a defender of golf courses, but in their defense... No, go ahead, Mark. Defend the uh, very elitist sport of golf. Go for it. Uh, as as not a golfer myself um, me either <laughs> but they, they they do uh there is kind of another way to use water responsibly which is switching from putting the clean drinking water that comes out of our sinks in in my apartment putting that on a golf course to putting treated wastewater or recycled water or gray water that sort of thing so there are definitely levels to uh to conserve water you know should we rip out every golf course in the valley if we want to save water sure but is there a way to use lower value or you know or less potable water while still preserving that economic impact? I think is the math that someone like SNWA would have to juggle. And that makes sense to me. But none of those innovations seem to be part of the discussion yet. Uh, it just seems like let's let's say golf courses and and to a degree HOAs have this maybe outsized power in Las Vegas. I, I'm just wondering. Uh, why do you think that HOAs and golf courses and I guess their lobbyists wield so much power in Las Vegas? I think there's a lot of money involved, right? I think if we look at the scandals in the HOA world over the past couple decades, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of sway. That's a lot of lobbyists. Uh, that's a lot of personal connections. You know, SNWA is interesting in that they operate for the size and scale of the organization. They operate on a a friendly and kind of cordial manner, 
personal relationships with HOAs and other large water users, which can have its benefit, right? Because, you know, the general manager could go set up a meeting with an HOA and say, hey, before I do any mandate, just start conserving water. But on the other hand, it means that there's also a channel for the other direction to say, hey, we want to keep using a lot of water and they have that personal relationship to make that ask. And so I think it cuts both ways. Um, but so far, SNDB has been trying to use those relationships to kind of get ahead of, of the savings they need, at least. You're in Phoenix, and I'm interested in your insight on why you think Las Vegas is so very resistant to uh, maybe a similar reckoning that's happening in Phoenix right now when it comes to development. I was frankly surprised in reporting this story how much closer to limits of, on growth than uh, you know we were than I thought we were. Uh, frankly, this is America, and I'm not sure I knew or had any idea how you would go about limiting growth, right? We can't pass a law and say, stop moving to Phoenix, stop moving to Las Vegas. That feels un-American at its core, right? And and our city elders don't want that. They They both like people moving to our places. Precisely. And I've heard similar stories in Utah uh, from their so-called water buffaloes, the kind of guys in charge of water in, in Arizona and Nevada. Everyone has this mandate, don't make water the limiting factor. Figure out where the water comes from because the people are still coming. I would say what I, what I observed in Las Vegas that really surprised me was that we are already giving so much authority to SMWA that limits on growth are happening in individual ways that normal people going about their lives won't notice. Uh, the John Ensminger, the general manager of SNWA, who's kind of a moderator of and, and kind of, uh, you know, the arbiter along the Colorado River these days, mm-hmm. said in an open meeting that last year Henderson wanted to welcome in uh, a new business. And he went to them and said, that business takes too much water please reject them and don't let them come here. Whoa. And Henderson said, okay. And they're developing, SNWA is developing a tool to grade businesses around the valley on dollars they bring in and gallons of water they use. And if the math is wrong, sorry, bud, you're not getting a permit. You can't come to Southern Nevada. And that sort of thing is is maybe it's not halting residential growth, maybe it's not, you know, minimizing what's already here, but just saying no to new businesses that want to come in, I didn't think that would be even a discussion that could be had, you know, in these meetings. Yeah, that's definitely a culture change, but the numbers like those in your story are not. So let's get back to that for a second. What do you think the implication of those SNWA mathematical errors are? I mean, why does it matter right now? The larger question we're trying to force, if I can just say it directly, is that as the West continues growing and as climate change continues hitting the Colorado River Basin, where do we get our water from? Roughly speaking, 80% of the water in the basin is used for agriculture, 10% is used for residential, 10% is used for industrial. The reason we looked at lawns and the reason we looked at lawns in Las Vegas is that Vegas is doing the best job conserving and lawns are the biggest single place where you can save water in the residential domestic setting. And so if there's not enough there, and if these math errors are real, which they are, and they show we cannot save as much as we thought, we need to look elsewhere and we need to shift our intention to where we can save this water. And when you look at that 80% ag, 10% industrial, 10% residential, that's the next math problem. Where else can we be saving this water? Okay, Mark. So we have to stay vigilant and maybe stop eating almonds 
here in Las Vegas? I mean, if you uh, if you really want to conserve water via food, uh, almonds, you know, tree nuts in general are one. Beef, you know, the elephant in the room, the cow in the room, I guess, is cows, right? It's dairy, it's beef, because the majority of water used anywhere in the basin is used for feed stuff, alfalfa, hay, yeah. et cetera, that goes to cows. Yeah. Mark Alalde, uh, thanks again for joining us here on CityCast Las Vegas. My pleasure. Before you go, a few things you should know. School District Superintendent Jesus Jara confirms that no action will be taken against the officer who was videotaped throwing a Durango high school student to the ground and kneeling on his back in February. Nor will the district's use of force policies change. Nor will Jara's team stop stonewalling efforts to make the officer's body cam video public. According to the ACLU, the district's investigation didn't even include an interview with the students who were there. Meanwhile, the clammy hand of government overreach is squeezing a new set of citizens, people who like to back into their parking spaces, specifically those who try that rebel parking maneuver at the airport. Read international officials warn motorists that they could be ticketed if their rear license plates aren't visible in the parking garage. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you like the show? Well, then here's what you can do to support us. It's easy. Send your favorite CityCast Las Vegas episode to three friends who haven't heard the show yet. We did some fancy-pantsy math and figured that if just one-third of you do this, we're going to double our listenership. Thank you. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Y'all take care. Uh, He called himself nerds.